Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Healthy for Life. Today we are going to be discussing pillar three in the three pillars of achieving optimal health series. And we started with nutrition within pillar one and then in pillar two we went on to talk about fitness and today we are going to be talking about chemical exposure and environmental toxicity and how that affects your health. And this is something that I am very passionate about. And, uh, I've spoken a little bit about this in some of my previous podcasts on, um, the one being on endocrine disruption and how chemicals can affect, um, your body in that way. I really encourage you to have a listen to that podcast because I really go into depth on um, endocrine disruption and chemicals and that sort of thing. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about that and how um, chemical exposure can affect your health. And really that is a pillar uh, to optimal health because if your nutrition is right and you're eating healthy, if you're exercising, but then you're exposing your body to all kinds of chemicals environmentally, it is going to uh, do away kind of with what you're working on in the kitchen and in the gym. And also um, you will see health effects of this. And, you know, there are plenty of people who are thin and may be eating pretty healthy, but still notice that they're really struggling with some major health issues and they're not sure why. Well, that third pillar is the one we're discussing today. And that's something that you really have to take a closer look at. So I'm hoping that you guys will take away um, today some tools that you can use, some things that you can look out for and, um, your environment, in your home, and in your cosmetics as well. And really, my my whole purpose for sharing this podcast with you all is to raise awareness. So I want to raise awareness in the consumer, you the consumer, to demand better quality products and to support safer products, companies that are developing safer products. And then also the more we do that as a consumer, the more we are going to cause companies to raise the standard and to be more transparent with what's in their products and their sourcing. And if we are the ones that are going to create change and that change has begun, we're seeing it in, uh, I think the stats are three out of four women Um, are demanding cleaner cosmetics and people are searching for safer alternatives to some of the things that are out there. So that we, as consumers, we're starting to wisen up. We're starting to care a little bit more, but there's still so far to go. So my hope is to continue to have these conversations, to raise awareness and to get people to start voting with their dollars, where you spend your money, how you spend your money is going to decide what companies are going to do. If people start supporting brands that are cleaner and transparent and their sourcing practices are up to par and, um, you know, their quality of product is there and they're not putting all this garbage in their products, then brands are going to wisen up and they're going to change and they're going to follow suit. So we are the ones who 
create this change and who get uh, the ball rolling on this. So that's my hope is to really inspire you all to make wiser choices with where you're spending your money and what you're allowing in your home and around you. So we're going to first talk about chemical exposure through environmental factors, which, you know, for the most part, um, all chemical exposure is really environmental. I mean, you know, anything that's outside of our bodies, environmental is what we're allowing there. And, um, you know, I want to talk today about what role they play in our health. And, you know, we know firsthand that environmental factors play a role in autoimmune disease. So, I would say pretty much all autoimmune disease is caused by environmental factors. And I'm going to list you some of the autoimmune diseases. And I'm sure that you yourself will have one of these or you know somebody that does. And so starting with type 2 diabetes, cancer. Yes, cancer is an autoimmune disease because it's where the body is kind of attacking itself. And less than 5% of cancer is genetic. So that leaves us with this huge majority of cancers that are caused by outside factors um, that are influencing our body. Uh, Tourette's syndrome, Hashimoto thyroid, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, colitis, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, MS or muscular sclerosis, psoriasis, eczema, lupus, Graves' disease, ADHD, and autism. These are very common diseases today that people struggle with. The good news is most all of them you are able to manage or even cure on your own. And that includes changing your nutrition and really changing it. Not just, oh, I'm trying to eat healthy, but you really have to dive in and make very uh, strict changes from a lot of the things I talked about in pillar one to avoiding all commercial dairy, cutting out gluten, you know, probably getting on some good supplements and healing the body, healing the gut, all of those things, avoiding artificial sweeteners and getting, uh, you know, real nutrient dense foods. And then, you know, avoiding what we're going to be talking about today, environmental factors and, um, and toxins. And I'm hoping that as I go along and share some of this information with you all, you see the importance of avoiding chemicals because I have so many people say to me, you know, oh, what's the big deal? Or, uh, you know, there's something nowadays that's going to kill you in everything. If you drink too much water, you could die. People have said that. Or if you take too much ibuprofen, you could die. And it's not those, you cannot compare those things because, you know, drinking too much water, you have to 
actively try to do to kill yourself basically <laughs> or hurt yourself it's these things that are in our environment that are they are hidden and they're secret and they're silent killers basically that wear on us day after day year after year and many of these uh you know autoimmune diseases that i listed people are living with today as if they're normal and as if there's nothing they can do to get rid of them. I myself am living proof of that because I healed myself of chronic fatigue syndrome and it was severe chronic fatigue syndrome that was debilitating and was leading to also become fibromyalgia. And I healed myself of that. And I know many people who have healed themselves from these autoimmune diseases, but often we live with them as if they're normal and we cover them up with maybe a prescription temporarily or a painkiller or ibuprofen or Tylenol or something like that. But the good news is that when you take control of your own health, these things go away and they are all curable. We know from my, uh, if you listen to my endocrine disruption uh, podcast, then you'd know also that um, a lot of environmental toxins are going to play a role in hormone disruption, anxiety, depression, and even weight gain. So autoimmune diseases are a large one. And then these other things, hormone disruption, anxiety, depression, weight gain, which a good majority of people struggle with, these, these things are also affected by your environmental factors. So nutrition aside, let's talk about, uh, you know, what environmental toxins specifically are causing these issues. And, uh, we are going to get into first talking about pesticides are a huge one. And this is pesticides on food and pesticides in your environment, whether it be in, um, your yard or in, um, certain, you know, Mostly, I guess it would be yard and environment outside and then what is being sprayed on your food and how they affect your health. There's also plastics are a huge one and I feel like I beat this one over the head, but it's such an easy one to control if we just avoid using plastic as much as possible and avoid plastic water bottles and plastic containers and you know, plastics really find their way into everything, but you can very easily today find BPA free stuff. But I really encourage you to just try to stick with glass and things like that, avoiding plastic as much as possible. Plastic bags, they are toxic for our environment. Another thing is heavy metals, uh, like aluminum, mercury, copper, some of those, they are often found in, um, obviously aluminum cans, aluminum foil, but, um, some of these heavy metals are found in antibiotics and different, um, cosmetic products. There's also a lot of cosmetics that are contaminated with lead and, and copper and things like that. 
Um, so it's important that a company that you're supporting has third party testing for heavy metals because a lipstick especially can really have a lot of heavy metals in it. And so you want to know that that company is doing their best to make sure that their products do not, they're not contaminated with heavy metals. The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, they published a list of 10 toxic threats. And I have here a New York Times article that posted about this, that wrote about this. And um, they basically wanted to begin to crack down on hazardous chemicals. And they talked about, they posted a list or published a list of 10 of the most toxic out of 90 chemicals identified when there's actually thousands. But, um, these ones were based on the fact that they harm children, damage nerve tissue, cause cancer, contaminate the environment, accumulate in the bloodstream or show up in consumer products. And some of those chemicals, the top 10 are, um, thing are basically like asbestos, which we're pretty like, oh yeah, I know that one. But you'd be surprised if you don't look and you don't know what it is that you're using or you're not aware that these things will creep into your everyday life and into your environment. Uh, bromoprane, bromopropane. <laughs> Some of these are not super easy to see, to say, but um this is often used in refrigerant, lubricant, degreaser, solvent, and spray adhesives, and dry cleaning. Dry cleaning is another area that um, has actually a lot of chemicals that get into your clothing and stay there. And then as you wear them, they absorb into your skin. And I actually, when I learned this, I cut way back on any dry cleaning that we do. And I did find a place that uses organic solution but I'm not a hundred percent on how still chemical free it is. So I just cut way back on how much I was dry cleaning. Another one is carbon tetrachloride. Um, this is a clear liquid. It's used in refrigeration fluids, aerosols, propellants, pesticides, cleaning fluids, spot removers, and degreasing agents. That's one. Um, dioxane is another one. Cyclic aliphatic bromide cluster is one, which is like a flame retardant, plastic additives, and certain polystyrene uh, foams, which, you know, a lot of these couches that you can have the um, Scotch Guard put on or flame retardant stuff, there's a lot of chemicals in those. And so having your couch, the Scotch Guard is not a good idea because your couch is where you spend a lot of time. And those chemicals are going to constantly, you're going to be exposed to them through your skin and through breathing and all of that. And, you know, all of these things say basically, um, you know, 
like for instance, this one potential reproductive developmental and neurological effects from the bromide cluster. And most all of them are connected in some way to these neurological, um, uh, reproductive and, um, developmental type disorders. Methylene chloride is another one. Methyl pyrolidone is one that's often found in plastics, paints, inks, enamels, electronics, industrial and consumer cleaning products. Um, Perchloroethylene is another one also found in dry cleaning. Pigment violet 29 is used in watercolors, acrylic paints, automotive paints, inks for printing and packaging, cleaning and washing agents, pharmaceuticals, which makes you nervous because things that are, you're like, oh, well, it's automotive paint. Well, it's also found in pharmaceuticals. So that means you're consuming it, which is a little scary. Um, sporting goods, industrial carpeting. Another one carpeting is, is loaded with chemicals and that's, I wish I have carpet upstairs in the bedrooms and, um, I wish that I had not done carpet. That's something moving forward that I wouldn't do again. So, I mean, if you guys would like, I can put this in the show notes, this link to this article, and, um, you guys can see for yourself some of these chemicals that I'm talking about. And, you know, if for nothing else, you just see the fact that these are other companies and, or other writers and people that are talking about the dangers and how these things affect your health and how they can be related to cancer and neurotoxicity and all that. It's not just me saying it. This is a real issue that people are becoming aware of, but companies are just not being held accountable and there are really, you know, no laws governing what they're able to put in their products. So, um, The main issue that we're seeing here is that there is there are no regulations governing what companies are allowed to put in their products. And so especially when it comes to cosmetics and the products that we're putting on our body, it's been it hasn't no legislature has been passed since 1938. So it's been over 80 years since any laws have been passed governing what companies are allowed to put in their products. And so therefore companies have had just free reign basically to use whatever is cheap, easy, and most, um, you know, accessible to them for their formulations. And nobody is really holding them accountable the FDA is kind of in a tight spot where their hands are tied on how they're able to hold companies accountable. And so we really want to see laws being changed in this way. And it, again, like I said, it takes us as a consumer standing up to, um, what we will and will not allow in the companies we will support. And I will say it is hard to control what is outside in the air 
you know, on our grass and that sort of thing. But what you can control is what the food you're eating, making sure that it's organic and non-GMO. So it's not being treated with pesticides. You can even try to have an organic lawn solution. If you have a green grass in your front yard that you'd like to maintain and try to avoid those chemicals as much as you can. You can make wiser decisions, like I was saying, with your home, with the type of paint that you use, with the carpet that you're having, or maybe not having carpet put in. So there are ways, little ways to avoid um, the chemicals that way. If that's really tough for you and, you know, financially doing that in your home is not an option, then the number one thing that you can focus on is what are you putting on your body? So when it comes to your lotions, your body wash, your hairspray, your, your shampoo and conditioner, your face creams, your makeup, all of that stuff, you can make wiser choices there. And as some of you may know, I work very closely with Beauty Counter and um, I represent that company and I absolutely love what they stand for. I've learned so much from them in the movement. They are pretty much leading the way in the clean beauty industry and really trying to raise the bar when it comes to um, transparency and third-party testing and what they are allowing in their products. And they're really advocating for change. And recently, um, our owner of the company went to DC and, uh, was a, an expert witness on a panel with like the head guy at EWG and a few other people to talk about the concerns that they're having in the cosmetics industry and how we need to have changes. So the safe cosmetics and personal care products acts act was introduced uh, at that time and it's been endorsed by beauty counter and um, they had a hearing and that's where our owner um, CEO went and spoke Um, and basically beauty counter has been asking Congress to act on these two bills and this is something that we're all trying to support and text better beauty to 52886 and get uh, people to to start you know getting these bills through so that there's more regulation on what companies are allowed to put in cosmetics. So we know that it takes about 20 seconds for something put on your skin to absorb and enter your bloodstream. And that's not talking about things that are um, that you breathe in and are absorbed through na- nasal tissue, but this is talking about what is put on our skin. It's absorbed through the skin. Your skin is your largest organ on your body. And what you put on it will penetrate and enter your bloodstream. And that's how we are exposed to a lot of these chemicals. And that's how we are exposed to a lot of these chemicals in our cosmetics. The lack of federal safety regulations in the industry basically forces companies to make their own decisions about safety and ingredients. And unless you have a company that is more concerned about quality 
and people than their bottom line and just money, then you're going to see anything goes. And that is the case with a lot of these brands that you can find at Target, CVS, even Sephora, because nobody is holding them accountable and nobody, there's no regulation in place. So unless that company itself takes a stand, then basically people are doing what is cheap, what is easy, and maybe what gives them the, the best result the fastest way. So we know that pesticides in our environment are stored in, and in our food are stored in human tissues. They linger in the soil and the water. And then when, when we consume, breathe them, all that, they are then stored in tissue. And it's the same way with uh, these chemicals and cosmetics. Some of them can even cross the blood-brain barrier and become neurotoxicants in our brains, which there causes, you know, your things like ADHD and, um, ADD and depression, anxiety. Some of those things can all be related to the chemicals that are in our products because they do affect our brain. So I want to go into a couple, um, specifically for instance, like hydroquinone, the skin lightening, um, ingredient, that actually, I have a study here that um, is called Toxicology and Health Risks of Hydroquinone in Skin Lightening Formulations. And basically, um, it was banned in cosmetics since January 2001, but there are still companies I'm seeing that are have it in their products. And um, Basically, the reason why it was banned until recently, no attention was paid to potential long-term side effects, despite, despite the fact that there are indications that these may exist. It was decided that a clearer picture of these potential long-term effects was needed. Um, so let's see, a literature search was conducted with an emphasis on, on the biochemistry and toxicology of hydroquinone, benzene, and related molecules. Results, it appears that since... 1996, an enormous amount of articles have been published on the carcinogenicity of hydroquinone, benzene, and related molecules. Um, hydroquinone as a skin lightening agent suggests that possible long-term effects like carcinogenesis may be expected. Uh, the risks of long-term like cancer of topically applied hydroquinone may no longer be ignored. And then there's a study that's part of the abstract and the study goes on to talk about that. And so there is a lot of information out there if you look for it and, um, you just, you have to pay attention. And the number one thing is you have to read your ingredients list. And it's really important to familiarize yourself with some of these ingredients so that when you're searching for a product, you can look at the ingredient list and kind of different ones will jump out at you and you're like, nope, that's not the one. That's not a good product because you kind of know. Um, Beauty Counter has a thing called the never list. 
And we actually now have 1800 chemicals of concern that we do not formulate and use in our products. But we have this never list that has some of the most common ingredients in cosmetics and they, they should be avoided. They will never be in any of our products. And I can link this never list in the show notes that you can print it and use it. Just familiarize yourself with it and um, really look out for some of these, these um, chemicals. A common one is formaldehyde. And the sad part is it's not always listed as formaldehyde, but we know that um, that is a carcinogen. It is not safe in environment or to consume it, to put it on your skin in any way. And um, I think here in the never list that I'll be linking, they do show some of the other names that it might be um, called. Yeah. And it's often found in shampoo, body wash, and bubble baths, along with like nail polish as well. Um, it's also been linked to asthma. Again, that neurotoxicity and developmental toxicity. Um, there's another one here, which I've seen a lot in shampoo, body wash, and conditioner, which can cause a lot of irritation to people in their skin um, and can cause allergies. And that's the it's really hard to say. <laughs> Methyl is so the Zola known. <laughs> so, um, that is a really long one that begins with an M. So if you see this really long word that begins with an M, uh, you know, that is super irritating for a lot of people. They have actually personally told me that when they stopped using their shampoo and conditioner that it contained this ingredient in it that their irritation, eczema, that sort of thing, allergies went away. And so that's why it's really important to have kind of a go-to list so that you can look at it and get to know it a little bit and know what it is that you're looking for. Because unfortunately, companies can often hide these chemicals behind names that we're not familiar with, that we can't even pronounce, and we have no idea what they are or even abbreviations. And, um, there was that great documentary. I'll have to, um, think of it, but the one that was about, um,
Another one is BHA and BHT. Those are synthetic antioxidants uh, used to extend shelf life, so like preservatives. And they are carcinogens and hormone disruptors. You can find them a lot in lipsticks, moisturizers, diaper creams, and other cosmetics. Coal tar, hair dyes, and other coal tar ingredients, those are often in like anti-dandruff shampoos. And they are extremely carcinogenic. Uh, Let's see, EDTA is another one that is um, added to cosmetics to improve their stability or their ability to penetrate the skin. Um, Then they... This they have been linked to organ toxicity, and they're often found in hair color and moisturizers. Um, a big one is oxybenzone as well. That was banned in the state of Hawaii. Hawaii is the first state to ban oxybenzone because it uh, they found that it kills fish and destroys coral reefs, and so they were seeing a destruction of our reefs, which we know that's happening all over the world. And it's definitely from pollution and and chemicals, but uh, you know, the tourists come, people slather themselves with sunscreen, they go in the water, that all comes off in the water. And eventually it started destroying and killing fish, which is incredible because obviously we're putting it on our skin and then not even thinking about the effects that it's having on our body. So Hawaii is the first state to ban that and hopefully other states will follow suit. There's a lot of um, sunscreen now coming out without oxybenzone, but they are replacing it with like octanoxate and different um, chemicals, just the same thing, but named differently. So that's something that you want to look out for as well in your sunscreen. Beauty Counter makes a non-nanoparticle um, sunscreen that has no oxybenzone or octanoxate or any of those chemicals in it. It also does not have retin-A in it. And that's a really big one that we've seen a lot of controversy with is retin-A, vitamin-A, retinol, palmitate. And there's a lot of conflicting information out there because retin-A is a huge money maker, uh, for dermatologists and, um, estheticians and that sort of thing, selling products that contain retin-A. And um, they have found that it can cause, obviously, sensitivity to the sun, but um, tumors, skin tumors, especially when exposed to the sunlight. So they, and many sunscreens contain it, which is just really crazy to me. But um, it's something that... uh, women especially use a lot of in their everyday skincare products. And, um, I did find a, uh, study on this, uh, cosmetics can contribute to vitamin A toxicity. So a good resource that I recommend to you all is, um, EWG and it's ewg.org. You can type in different ingredients there. And, um, if you go to ewg.org and then scroll down and you'll see a, a tab that says skin deep, you click on that and you can type in different ingredients or actually the, the product name, and it will pull up 
them for you and give you a list of what to look out for, the dangers of that product, and kind of it gives it like a score of how bad that product is or how dangerous that product is, and then the specific ingredients that make it um, of a concern. And then they have an area called research, and they have a lot of different research papers um, and, and studies. And one under there they have is um, the problem with vitamin A and um, some of the issues with retinol. It is not easy to find the uh, studies w- on retinol because it's not something that especially, um, you know, the dermatologists and their governing bodies really want to get out because it is such a huge money maker. So it's something that you really have to dig for. But um, yeah, they found that with retinol, it can damage DNA and speed the growth of skin tumors, especially when used topically. We have also sodium lauryl sulfate and sodium laureth sulfate, which are like SLS or SLES. And they give things, um, they make them foamy. So they're often found in shampoo, body wash, bubble bath, hand soap, that sort of thing. And they can be very irritating to the skin or trigger allergies. Then, of course, we have parabens. Parabens um, are endocrine disruptors, and they, they can alter different hormone mechanisms in our body. Uh, they, we've found that different breast cancer tumors have been tested and they have found parabens in the tumors. So those are something that you really, really want to avoid. And they're in all different types of cosmetics, foundation, body lotion, body wash. A lot of companies now are putting paraben free on them, but it doesn't mean that the, the product is totally clean, you still want to to read your ingredients. Another one that you'll see in a lot of like hand wash, hand sanitizers are toline. Um, This is very toxic to the immune system and can cause birth defects. And also triclosan, that's another one that's found in liquid soap, soap bars, and toothpaste. And it is very toxic to the human reproductive system. And um, it's basically like an antimicrobial pesticide. And so that's something that you really want to be aware of and look out for. We've talked a lot about chemicals in our environment and chemicals in our cosmetics. And I will, like I said, link some of these things in the show notes. And I guess what I want to say is really a lot of people may be listening and they might be feeling like, okay, so what do I do? Everything has chemicals in it. You know, this is overwhelming. 
And I really want to encourage you by just starting small and working your way up. And if you're eating right, then you're on the right track. And if you've gone through, you know, your refrigerator and your cabinets, you've started the process. So next, maybe you want to look at what it is that you most often use on your skin. So that might be like a body lotion or um, toothpaste and deodorant. I mean, deodorant is a major one because we use it every day and we put it directly on uh, our glands, basically. And it's amazing to me how many people I see, like I may go to a gym and see that they're still using like Dove and Secret and a lot of those brands of deodorant that are incredible the amount of toxins that they contain in them and antiperspirants and heavy metals and fragrance. I mean, fragrance alone can contain up to 3000 different carcinogens and companies do not have to label what those are because they are covered under trade secret laws. So they don't have to reveal to you what is in that fragrance. It's just called fragrance. So whenever I see a product that contains fragrance, I immediately put it back unless they can say that the fragrance is from essential oils, then okay, maybe. But, um, you want products that don't have any type of fragrance that what's there is maybe from fruits or essential oils. And, um, that's just really, really important. And so what you can start with is, like I said, your deodorant, your toothpaste, the things that you use every day, consistently body lotion, shampoo, and conditioner. And you just want to make sure that you're looking for companies that do not allow these ingredients, some that I've spoke of and refer to that never list as a guide. Beauty counter is a great transparent company that does not have chemicals in their products. I would be happy to help you, uh, advise you on any products there, but there are a lot of other good companies out there. You just have to look for them. So there's a solution to all of this. And it's really just about being more mindful, being more conscious as a consumer and looking for alternatives. And it's not as hard as you might think, but like I said, just start small and work your way up. So there's some great brands, you know, like Jason, um, oh boy, Schmitz is another great band for deodorant and toothpaste. Um, they even have body soap as well. Um, let's see another great one for, uh, deodorant is Ursa major. And I think that beauty counter is coming out with their own deodorant, which I'm super excited about. That's going to be coming out soon. So there's some really great brands. I mean, ones you can access very easily through whole foods or vitacost.com or, um, thrive market. You have Dr. Bronner's for hand soaps, um, and, and bar soaps, Um, there's Raua, R-A-H-U-A for shampoo and conditioner. I also like Devaness, which is an Italian company. They are not as clean as say like Beauty Counter or Raua, but they're pretty close. They're pretty good. Um, their, their products work phenomenal, but there's a lot of, 
of companies out there that have quality products that meet these standards and are not using chemicals. So you start small and you work your way up and then maybe you go with, okay, what am I using to clean my home? You know, my countertops, my floors, the things that I come in contact with, I put food on, and then you can find better quality cleaning products and you can make your own even. You can use vinegar and baking soda, essential oils. Um, You know, I clean our cutting board with coconut oil and lemon essential oil because it's a, a great, those two things together are great disinfectants. But there's a lot of easy recipes you can find for making your own cleaning products and that sort of thing. So Uh, And I talk a lot too on social media and I've talked on other podcasts about different um, products that I recommend to use that are cleaner and safer alternatives. So um, you can follow me on social media if you're not already doing that and hopefully I can give you some info there. But um, so yeah, you just want to start small and work your way up. You don't have to go through and get rid of everything. But if you put on makeup daily, take a look at what you're using and you can go to ewg.org and you can type in that product and their skin deep and see what they say about it. Or you can just look at the ingredients, compare it to the never list and some of these things that I've talked about and see for yourself, okay, what is in this foundation that I'm using every single day or this lipstick that I'm putting on my mouth every day? Because these things have an effect on our health and that may be slow and it might be over year on year that it creeps up on us, but these autoimmune diseases that we're seeing and these endocrine disruptors are not a coincidence. And they're not things that you just have to say, oh, well, I guess this is what I'm stuck with. You can heal your body from these things. You can get rid of them. You can move past them. You can get off medication. You can change your life around by just taking control of your health and being a more conscious consumer, especially for your children, because our children are now being bombarded with so many more toxins and chemicals in our food and in our environment. And so it's even more important to be aware of it for your children as they grow up because you you obviously don't want them growing up with health problems. And we're seeing a lot of kids with these allergies and eczema. And, and so some of the reason for that is related to what we're putting on them um, on a daily basis as sunscreen another big one. That's something you can just right off the bat, you know, if you put on sunscreen every day, that's something you can find a better quality sunscreen that doesn't have retinol in it or oxybenzone or octanoxate or fragrance. You know, those are things that you want to be looking for when you're searching for your products. So please let me know how this podcast has helped you. If you would like more information and what specifically would help you all as the consumer to make wiser decisions, I want to help you. I want to create awareness. So please give me feedback on what it is. uh, Please give me feedback on what it is specifically that would help you as the consumer to make wiser choices. And I would be happy to share 
all different brands with you that um, I know of. And if you have any great brands, you can share them with me as well. So the best way to reach me is contact at Sarah with an H hyphen grace.com. That's my email. You can also follow me on social media like Instagram is Sarah G fitness and on Facebook, Sarah Grace Fitness. Uh, Those are some good ways to contact me. Also, I have, um, as I've spoken about before, but maybe you didn't know, I have a nonprofit called the Grace Foundation, and we help people pay for their treatments, their cancer treatments that would like to go outside of their health insurance and do more holistic and integrative care. So we help pay for those treatments because health insurance doesn't often cover them. And I have what I created is a chemical exposure checklist for the, the Grace Foundation. And when you make a donation to our foundation, then you'll receive one of those free. And um, I have them in like a paperback, but also they're downloadable and I can send them to you online as well. But it's a really good little resource guide to use of just some of the most common chemicals in food, um, environment, and cosmetics that you can avoid. And then a whole list of recommended brands as well. So that's something I'd be happy to share with you all. But um, yeah, I hope, you know, this has helped you and I hope that it brings awareness to you to be more conscious and be more cautious of what you're putting on your body, what you're using in your environment. And number one, that, that you will be wiser with the companies that you support and we can demand change and hopefully get laws passed you know, in the U.S. regulating things a little more and then also saying, hey, we as a consumer, we don't want this crap anymore. Give us something better and companies will start changing and raising the bar. That is the the goal with this. So that covers it for pillar number three to optimal health. If you haven't caught the other two pillars, go back and have a listen. Nutrition and fitness are what I was talking about with those. So go have a listen to those podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe and that you like and rate my podcast. I appreciate that. Share it with your friends. And I will be back here talking to you all next week. Take care.